podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. My name is Lee. This is the podcast that might be the Ospreys coach, but nobody has told us yet. Are you, might the, not are you, be the, are you the Ospreys I mean, coach, Josh? I mean, I haven't been either fired or hired, but you could say the same about Alan Clark. So, I mean, we all exist in a state of, are we or aren't we the Ospreys coach limbo? I mean, but, I, and I'm know. not the Ospreys coach. Yeah. So that's two of it's us, like, maybe, who are the Ospreys coach. So they could just clue us like in, who else may, might not be. We'll be winning, won't we? It's like inverse Spartacus, isn't it? You know, I'm not the Ospreys coach. No, I'm not the Ospreys coach. No, I'm not the Ospreys coach. And we'll just go through the entire population of the Western world until we eventually... Matt Sherratt's not the Ospreys coach. You know, who... who? I mean, who is? I mean, I'll tell you who is in, in a couple of minutes, but, you know. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Apologies for missing the podcast last week. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff going on, and we had to just we had to just turn it in, basically. So I, I do apologise. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, I, so we, much we, had happened we, on that Monday that both of us had yeah. brains like um, yeah. lobby. Imagine so basically, how, we couldn't we could do anything sketch, with it. Imagine how sketchy we usually are, oh, and then would have been add spectacular. Some some real bad sketchiness on top of that and yeah it's not good is it a lot of shit going on but however i will say that because we didn't have a podcast i did have a chance to listen to stephen jones on the times podcast (laughs) last week which was well it was absolutely remarkable wasn't it um i think honestly the it was one of the most bizarre things i've ever heard a man having a full-on emotional breakdown over the prospect of a millionaire being painted as in some way not a saint um, <laughs> just was... upset him to his very core. It's He's a fucking twat, isn't he? Like, a proper, like, shill for the man. Yeah, all, which is really not a good look. For a journalist, it's really not a good look, is it? Being a... For, for a man that literally has, and I've, I know I say this all the time, but has rugby's most controversial and influential columnist, or whatever the fuck it is at the top of his rugby world fucking spunkings every month. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> fucking hell. By the way, if anyone who works for Rugby World listens to this, save yourself however... The, I, I I would imagine above the standard fucking word rate that is costing you every month. Just shit can it and spend the money on proper journalism instead because holy fuck, he is just increasingly turning into a just comedy irrelevance. Yeah. Screaming and farting and He's shitting. He's like Father Jack with a slightly larger biography. Uh, yeah. Fi- uh, sorry, biography. That's not the word. What am I thinking of? Trophy cabinet? No, words. <laughs> Biography is wrong. What did I meant to say? 
vocabulary. Thank you. Jesus Ironically, Christ. He's definitely got a bigger vocabulary than me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's only um, been a week. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's remar- a remarkable piece of audio where Lawrence Delalio is the only sane person in that room <laughs> by the end of it. I love the and bit where he argue about who broke the story first with Owen Slot. I know. It's like... Guys, Either you'll find this. Sundays before Monday, Slotty. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, boys. Can, can we can we re-zip here and get this <laughs> off the table? It's just... It, <sighs> How would you know he's gone for more money? That was about Elliot, Elliot, Elliot Daly. Daly. How would you know he's gone for more money then? How would you know that? Well, because... I'm a director at Wasps, and therefore, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, do you? Yeah, but I could tell you he went for more than he's on now, Stephen. Well, so, you, so you're telling me, Stephen, that everyone would be at Saracens if they weren't paid extra? Yes. I'm so fucking loopy, I could say. Fucking <laughs> amazing. It's, it, it, it takes a lot to be that much of a comp- of like a, a shill for the man, but fair play to him. He absolutely. He's adopted a position and he's sticking to it. And you, he's absolutely you know. sticking. He's a man of convictions, and those convictions are always being on the side of millionaires. So fair. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at this podcast, I am Lee. You can, <laughs> and over there is. Uh, I am Josh still. And you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com And Josh, you are available. Uh, at Josh Gardner at Rugby Shirt Watch. Uh, my DMs aren't open, but I'm thinking about making my DMs open as a sort of no. crisis thing for, uh, you know, disgruntled Ospreys former <laughs> staff members, um, three of whom have followed me this week. I'm not going to say which three. Um, so just, you know, just reach out and tell me stuff because it's funny. Reach out and touch somebody's tragic. hand. Make the Ospreys yeah. a better world if you can by reaching out yeah, to John. Yeah. Um, we are on Acast, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're also on Patreon.com. We are. Thank you to everybody who once again contributes, it, even though we skip weeks. We have got two episodes coming up this week, though. As we speak, the great professor Tony Collins is, is currently clearing what? his larynx and making some notes about rugby history in Japan, because we'll be doing that on yeah. Saturday I mean, that's Wednesday. Uh, we're, a more sensible podcast would have done that before the Rugby World Cup, but we said no. We said no, not a chance, no. I got other we're going to do it afterwards. On. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Cyber Monday as well, Josh. Have you bought any Cyber... We, do, we haven't done a Cyber Monday discount for Patreons. Did you, have you no, involved yourself no, in haven't. Cyber Monday? <laughs> um, no, I have spent a lot of money on Amazon, at Amazon in the last you know week or so just buying Christmas shit. Um, I bought my mother a hairdryer today. That wasn't Cyber Monday related, but, you know, I'll, I'll say it. Why People not? People say this to me. They say, what do you want for Christmas? I don't want anything. I, said, I, buy, because, I buy all the things I want. Because I have a Father Christmas, he's called Amazon Prime, and he brings me everything yeah. I need within 24 yeah. hours of me wanting it. Exactly. In fact, I think he's more magical than Father Christmas, Amazon yeah. Prime. How do they do it? How do they get it all in a van into your house? Sometimes he does it same day, and that really is magic. Not where I live, but I'll take, <laughs> no, but I'll ta- <laughs> I'll take it. But I, but I see what you you're saying. You live in a fairly major metropolitan city. Some of the things you can get on the same day. Cyber Monday, you see, I just want that to be a load of like murderous robots killing people in shopping centres. That's what I say. That's what I want Cyber Monday to be. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's that's what you know. That's what science fiction has told me that Cyber Monday should be. But apparently, Battlestar Galactica is not a documentary, so you know. Anyway, back in the Patreon, the VIP lounge. (laughs) You can sign up, and thanks everybody that does. We've also got the VIP lounge. Which I'll be honest now, the VIP lounge is so full of absolute legends who want to contribute a little bit more towards us to give us their support. It's standing room only. 
We're going to have to put a mezzanine floor in or something. I think, yeah, I think we're going to have to knock through, you know, like... <laughs> we can use the Patreon money to get the plans drawn up. Um, <laughs> so speak... It's a hell of a job getting planning permission, though. Hell of a so, job. You know. Hell of a job. So yeah. anybody's in there. Anyway, the people who've stepped forward and said, you know what, I'm not going to do the minimum amount. I'm just going to come in and go straight into VIP is basically Fair the thanks. people this, since we were last on, is Scott... Hamish Allen, so thank you very much to you two. And I'd also like to say a very, very big shout-out to Ollie White, who should really have changed his name to Ollie White Christmas as he slipped a little extra into our stocking. Oh, hello. Hello. For the for the festive period, he said, I've seen you $5. Oh, I've seen place. you $5 VIP, lads, and I'm going to give you some more because it's nearly Christmas. So, oh, Ollie, you're a fucking ledge. Honestly, you can be first on the mezzanine floor when we built it. That's melted my Grinch like heart. That it has, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It has, it has. He's he's got a bit of a faraway look in his eyes, then, gentlemen. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had to do the, and in case I don't see you have a nice Christmas thing today to somebody for the first time, and I just felt, oh fuck me, yeah. I mean, it was my hairdresser, so I am not gonna see him before Christmas. I was gonna say you look a bit high and tight today. Yeah, I'm high and tight today. Yeah, you know. I'm not the sort of person that has monthly haircuts, so you know it's. I have to because if I leave it beyond four or five weeks, I'm not being funny. I break the clippers of the barber. I've got quite a lot. I've got very thick hair. If I leave it six weeks, my barber needs to fucking lie down after he's done with my hair. See, anybody who uh, who had come to our last pod meetup would have uh, known all about this because we had some uh, some great hairline chat. We did have some great because this is what happens when we get together. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on, we've got a player spotted, a couple actually. And I think you and yes. you've got some, I think. Catherine Kavanagh. I've, I've got a cornucopia, but yes. Catherine Kavanagh emails, friend of the pod, gets in touch. And she says, I'm flying to Leon on Friday evening on a packed BA flight from Heathrow. Flying BA, Catherine, you're giving yourself away there. From Heathrow. You're not on the shit kicking fucking always flight do here if you from can. Gatwick. Yeah. Always if you can. Um, you know. I was seated across the aisle from a very sharply dressed, clean cut, and let's face it, handsome fella. Bracket, hello, close bracket, she says. I had to turn around every so often as one of my mates was sitting in the row behind me. And in doing so, I kept catching the fella's eye, which was a bit awkward. He said, I took note of the army haircut, the tan, the expensive ear pots, and the bolt upright stance sounds like me looking at you now, Josh. I'm not being funny. It doesn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was, I was going to say this just sounds like I don't remember being on a flight to Leon last week, but you know. Anyway, Catherine says I'm not going to lie, boys. He was fierce, easy on the eye. He was also clearly wondering what this middle-aged Irish bird was doing, staring at him. The bird she wrote, "Bird, not me. I am not being that yes, guy." Yes. Um, she says, I knew that I knew him, but couldn't work out what it, who he was. When we landed, he was out of his seat like a scalded cat and sprinting through arrivals. It was then I noticed his EPCR-branded jacket. Boom, said I. He's here for the rugby in some formal capacity. Still couldn't place him. He said, but lo and behold, when we and our hangovers rolled up to our seats at the Stadger Land the following day, if it wasn't our travelling companions taking centre stage on the pitch, penalising the Leinster scrum off the park. Yes, indeed, it was the dishy slightly edgy, whistling Exeter native, Luke Pierce. Oh, hello. Luke Pierce, handsome, close up. Shocker. I mean, is it just me? Is he tiny? I always look at Luke Pierce and just think he must be tiny. I think he, yeah, I get that impression. I mean, to be, you know, tiny people can be handsome too. Of course you can. I'm not saying it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I suppose he has got a certain, like, He's you got know, a clean cut clean, kind of, yeah. Clean, yeah, yeah, clean cut handsomeness. Clean cut sinewy him. sort of handsomeness to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He said, anyway, she finishes off, says, the poor bastard must have spent the entire flight terrified that two leery Irish women across from the aisle were either going to bribe him, threaten him, or worse still, instruct him forcefully how to do his job. <laughs> must be shit being spotted as a ref, mustn't it? Honestly. Maybe that's why um, Maybe that's why Piper has decided to do a picture elbowing somebody, thought, because I can't be fucking doing with them either of me about decisions and, <laughs> and stuff and telling me where I got it wrong. I'll just do this photo they want, yeah. Yeah, the advantage is now Yaka Piper's never going to have to like turn down a selfie or anything ever again because you can just go, look, lads, I've got in yeah, trouble with exactly. this. You know what it is, lads, I'd so love I'm to just do gonna it. Fucking, yeah. You know, basically giving himself a pass. Yeah. Another spotter is Sally Claire yeah. Davis gets in touch. Hello, Sally. So, on the, on the, on the, and she says, I did a yoga class right next to Rupert Moon for an hour. Does this count as a player spotted if he retired in 2002? It yes, it fucking does, Sally. Of course well, it can we does. just rewind a bit? Rupert Moon. Does yoga? Of course he does. Rupin's Rupert fucking Sinjin <laughs> Sebastian Barnabas Moon. Yeah, of course he does yoga. I just can't imagine that that massive pair of fucking listeners of that stupid face doing a downward <laughs> dog or whatever. I'm saying like I know what a downward dog is, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can just you could. It's, I imagine it's it's what it sounds like. It's a dog pointing downwards. Surely, is that what yoga is? Just bringing animals Probably. along and yeah, moving yeah, them yeah. into positions. You can have you can have puppy yoga apparently. Oh come on! Where you do you do yoga surrounded by puppies, which just seems like an excuse to hang out with some puppies, to be honest. This, cent- this century fucking sucks. Chapter tw- five hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> anyway, you've got some spotteds, I believe. I've I, I've got the fucking cornucopia of players spotted because... You had a few for uh, last week, didn't you? Then we had to call it off, so you've been storing yeah, these up. Yeah. Last Sunday evening, um, me and my lovely wife decided that we'd sort of get away just for an evening of, you know, being in a hotel somewhere with a nice sort of spa facility type sketch. Nice. nice. And because it's quite close and a little tip for you listeners, it's cheap as fuck. Um, <laughs> we were like, oh, we'll go to the Vale. Now, I hadn't, because I didn't really care about the Barbarians game yesterday, I sort of forgot that Wales were going to be in camp on the Monday. So, in that 24 hours, I basically saw everyone from the Wales team. But, interestingly, Wales camp kicked off, I think, on Monday. Mm. And I think the players got their first thing. Ken Owens, Sunday night. Yeah. One... I'm coming out of the pool, wandering, walking back through the gym. Who's walking through the gym? The sheriff of bloody commanded himself, saying hello, waving to people. I think Ken's clearly gone, you know what? I've got a hard week of camp ahead here. I'm going to check myself in the night before. <laughs> it's a long drive from Carmarthen. You know that roundabout that... of the NDA 48 can be like, you don't want to be fucking about with <laughs> exactly. that, do I'm going I'm to have a nice night in the Vale before before all the boys turn up tomorrow, and then I'm going to... I'm going to go and I'm going to have a... Basically, what I'm telling you is that I was minutes... If I'd if I'd hung around in the sauna jacuzzi area for maybe five more minutes, me and, and the sheriff would have been in a in a sauna or a jacuzzi together. And Imagine the possibilities. I just feel like I've missed a massive opportunity. What would you, you do? Know? I, you know what I, I know what I'd have done. What would you have done? <laughs> I mean, I would, have, I would have almost certainly acted like I didn't know who he was. And... Then at the end they would have just gone, Good luck on the weekend, Ken. And then we'd have we'd have walked out of the sauna together as friends. Obviously. I'd have just gone, Should we do green green grass of home while we sat here, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> Towels to be fair, on between men, you know what I mean? 
he absolutely looked like he would have been well up for it. <laughs> he was. There were people in the gym, and they were just like, "All right, Ken," and he's like, "All right, there's it going." He was. <laughs> <laughs> I love he him. Was, he's just a yeah, legend. I adore him. I adore him even more. Uh, and then on uh, on the morning after, as we were leaving, I very nearly killed Jake Ball with my car. So, you know. You don't want road rage game. by Jake Ball, do you? <laughs> That's the he was. It was entirely his fault because they were all the, the squad was walking down from the high performance center, which is on the other side of the car park in the Vale, and I was coming to drive out, and he basically just wasn't looking where he was going and just stepped out right in front of my car. Wow! And they went shit. Sorry. And then I sort of ushered him across, and he sort of sheepishly did that sort of thing where you know you fucked up and you kind of just sort of you want to lead out the window and go, the you road. fucking Kent. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you didn't want to do that. I don't know. No, no absolutely didn't want to do that. He's a very big bloke. But uh yeah, so you know. So there you go. Leg, I think what, what you could describe as a litany of spotted there. I hope you're yeah. still with us out there. Yeah, I mean But if you do if you have got play spotted, I've had so many this last month or so. And basically I think I'm gonna to have to make a rule that if you if you live in Bath, you're not allowed to send them in anymore. Because <laughs> it just becomes too much. So yeah, I mean, there is no city in the world where you see more rugby players than Bath. I think a Bath and Leamington Spa rules have to be brought in, I think. Yes, 100%. Yeah. But both towns where there's nothing else to do. But yeah, so there will be some... Ple- no, honestly, I'm joking. Please keep sending them in. We'd love to receive them. But I'm just saying, if you haven't heard yours yet, it's because there are staggering numbers coming through. So, Which is lovely. We love a bit of engagement, don't we? <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Shall we talk some news? News, 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 <laughs> news, um, news. There's, yes, I mean... The first bit of the most, the biggest news today, I think, undoubtedly, is it is with great sadness, but also great pleasure <laughs> that we bid farewell to Mad, 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 Mad Murad Bujalal, who... No, I have actually missed went, this. What's this? Yes, Go on, has he gone? He's, he's flogged his last few shares in, well, he, his controlling stake in Toulon has been flogged to another rich man. Um, so after God knows how many years, Mad Murad is no longer. See, I'm worried now because he's got no he's got no skin in the game. He can now just like I don't know, literally launch missiles at uh, at things. Yeah, it does. It does make you worry what he's going to do next. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I a lie. <laughs> Mad Men joke yes. there, everyone. Yes. <laughs> No, but it's interesting. It's it's interesting that you know he obviously was the the fucking engine behind Toulon winning all those trophies. You know what what feels like a long time ago now, but really wasn't. No, it wasn't um, at all. No, but you know the presence, the arrival of CVC, the arrival of real big money into rugby has made Toulon increasingly unable to be what they once were and he as a rich man has gone you know what i'm i'm too poor <laughs> to do this anymore <laughs> toulon finished 10th last year you know he hasn't got the but he hasn't got the funds to to bankroll another title winning side so he sold up to uh bernard lemaitre who's a pharmaceutical multimillionaire. um who already owned a share of Toulon and now owns the whole thing. He's worth 200 million euros, apparently. So, uh, you know, it's not it's not Lansdowne money, is it? No. It's not Bruce Craig money. Very few money. things are. Well, no, indeed. 
The operating national debt of Botswana is not Steve Lansdowne money. It's <laughs> fucking unbelievable how much money that guy's got. Yeah. Thanks to my several pension plans that I've had over the last <laughs> L so years. But um, yeah, so a, a weird sort of, you know, Murad has not always been rugby's most sane person or indeed a good thing for rugby. I was going to ask Murad's question. Was he a good thing or a bad thing? Was he shit or was he good for rugby? I think ultimately history will not look on him well because he, in many ways, was the first of the sort of rugby team as vehicle for my own wealth and vanity Mm. owners in the sort of modern era and certainly the one who did it the most successfully. Which is, for all of the shit you can throw at... um... Nigel Ray, I don't think that's why he's in it. That's not what he's in it for. No, he's increasing. He's, Nigel Ray has only become sort of increasingly more high profile over the last few years as, you know, the South Africans sold up and Saracens have got like It was just an exercise in his own ego from the get-go, wasn't it? Massively. He did it because he loved rugby and he loved Toulon, but it was pure, you know, brand Murad always came secondary to brand Toulon. I feel. And, yeah. you know, he did some horrendous things while he was in charge of Toulon. You know, the way that he treated players and the way that he talked about the players that he was paying was routinely fucking despicable. Yes. Um, and, you know, he was quite, a, he was a dickhead an awful lot. Occasionally he was quite funny though. Yes. And his Twitter account was always disappointing. I can never forgive him for that. Remember, he appeared on Twitter and we thought, here it comes. Here yes, comes the fucking laugh. Fun. Yeah. And it never well, happened. He should have been the Donald Trump of rugby Twitter. And instead, <laughs> yes. it was just really boring. I expected the translate tweet button to be working overdrive, <laughs> but no, it didn't. Uh, okay. So th- there you go. Goodbye, Murad. We hardly knew ye. Um, Indeed. What are the news? <laughs> Speaking of people that we know a bit better, Alex Cuthbert is injured again. Indeed. And so is O'Flaherty, the other wingers. This could be a bit of a problem for Exeter, really. Yeah. Oh, well, shame they've only got Stuart Hogg. Uh, uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, yes, no, but shame for Cuthbert. You know, he's he's not had any luck. Only Woodburn will get to start again now, won't he? So I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you would imagine they are. Another low-level um, news. And for, particularly for O'Flaherty as well. Yeah, he's had a great yes. start to the season. More low uh, There's yeah, he really has. Um, speaking of you know players who weren't very good at the Ospreys going away and making something better of themselves, um, Mike Ruddock is sort of in charge of the Ospreys, but only for a month, but not really in charge. Is he? <laughs> so literally he's just living in the mumbles and had nothing better to do, he's, basically. Uh, yeah, well, he's coaching Lansdowne RFC in Ireland, and they've basically the Ospreys have said that they've brought him in as a coaching consultant for one month, but Lansdowne RFC have gone. Um, yeah, if it goes well, it'll be forever. <laughs> so, so you know, in, in even in the sort of epically, historically bad public relations schmozzle that the Ospreys have done over the last month, um, yeah, they can't even get hiring a new coach, right, because they're claiming that he isn't the new coach yet because they haven't got rid of the old coach yet. Um, yeah, so it looks like they've done the obvious thing and gone... Who will people have heard of? Mike Ruddock. All right. Yeah, I'll do. And yeah, all right. It's better than it's better than putting fucking, you know, Matt Sherratt and 
Do you remember when, Leinster went, when Leicester went on a worldwide headhunting uh, journey to find their head coach? And it was Liam this Cullen. Is, this is kind of the, no, not Leinster, Leicester. Yeah. The, the, um, this is the sort of polar opposite of that, isn't it? Well, no, this is exact. I mean, this is actually more wide-ranging than what the Ospreys did last time when they promised, again, to do a global search to find the best candidate for the job. And the candidate had to be already sat in their changing rooms as their forwards coach. Already sat um, in the changing with a face like a bloodhound. <laughs> so at least they've gone for just somebody who's coaching, you know, in Ireland that hasn't had a top flight job since he lost the Wales job. But I, you that know, is genuinely bizarre with Mike Ruddock, actually. It is. How and I think much it is... was his brand shat all over that he couldn't get yeah. another like, proper and I job? Always think, I always thought it was very unfair that he didn't get another crack at it, so I genuinely hope Mike... I think he went from Wales to coaching Mumbles RFC for three years yeah. or something yeah. like that. And then he was coaching Ireland under-20s for a while, and he's done a really good job at Lansdowne, and he's won various All-Ireland things, and... Yeah, it's weird that he's never had another go at it. But if well, there's any team, he gets a goal now. Well, yeah, if there's any team that needs a go, like, what he's very good at is kind of motivation and making teams kind of play for each other. And so, yeah, if 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 he can do that at the Ospreys, that'll be quite a big part of the battle done because at the moment they look like they all hate each other, which I don't blame them to be honest because I hate them as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, <laughs> Joe Simpson signed a new deal at Gloucester. There's nothing more to be said about that, but all about yeah, who cares? But speaking of deals that people do care about, Semir Andranda is on his way to Bristol. Damn right, he is. Fantastic it's... stuff. What's What's weird is when is this happening? Because they're very the vague. Season, it. It's the end of the season. Because like they were like, oh, semi welcome semi Drandrada. It's like, well, you're not welcoming him yet. He's going to play for Bordeaux for another fucking eight months, yeah? He must get a bit more sun on his bones when he comes here. Indeed. Fucking hell. But yeah, that's a, an absolute monster sign. And and Pat Lamb is saying that he wants to keep Charles Pieter as well. So who's out of contract at the end of the season. So, I mean, I mean that Pieter, Morahan and... Uh, and Ranrada as a, a back three is just... I mean, it should be illegal. In a Pat Lamb back three. In a Pat Lamb back three, yeah. It's filth. Absolute filth. Yeah. But, you know, Bristol <laughs> Bristol somehow not... You know, any, you know, Pat Lamb's insisting that they're nowhere near the salary cap at the moment. Which... I mean, to be fair, if you look at a lot of that squad, it's not a great surprise. A lot of them are, it is. like, you know, Our... region, you know Welsh regional rejects and the like, aren't they? That's very true, and I said so. But then I thought, don't forget about Ian, uh, Ian Madigan, though. Oh, yeah. It's very who, easy to forget about Ian Madigan, but yeah, who, well, <laughs> don't yes, forget because, about him. Because he's currently starting, you know, he's basically currently starting in the A-League for Bristol. Man, I can't like. get any, he can't even, because Ewan Lloyd and Callum Sheedy are both ahead of him in the pecking order now. He is on, the rumour is, anyway, I don't know if it is, but the rumour is he's on 500k a year at Bristol. Which is not Premiership Shield level <laughs> money, no, it's, no, it's you know? Not, no. <laughs> it's really fucking not. Um, so yeah, I think they might have to find a way to shift him off the books before uh, before young Semi arrives if they want to. But yeah, you know, he's thirty. Sure, somewhere, Ian Madigan can do a job for somebody. London Irish, for God's sake. You hey, know. London Irish is sorted this weekend, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, Jeez. 
Martin Williams is the Wales team manager. Yeah, all right. I don't Replacing know what team Alan manager does. Phillips. Yeah, I don't know what a team manager does anyway. I thought so that sure. myself. I was like, what is your job? What I know is, they're very big do? on Lions tours. You know, yeah. they're a very big deal on Lions tours, but I don't know what they do. Yeah, I, I, I literally, all I know is that he's always been there. You yeah. know, Alan Phillips is just like... Was it Di Pickering this. before Alan Phillips? Was he a team manager or was he someone else? Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Literally, who knows what a team manager does anymore? I don't know. They had one called Alan. They've now got one called Martin. It's like they're doing exclusively trading in 1970s names. That's the main <laughs> qualification to get the job. But I'm sure, I mean, he's probably well respected. But again, what, do they, what does the manager do? <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming yeah. you must manage all the logistics, right? You must be the person in charge of the people who book flights and surely the kit man surely. and stuff like that. I don't know. Who knows? It's yeah. I mean, it's anybody that is a team manager knows yeah, what to please do. Please tell us. Yeah, we want to know. Do you have to deal with people phoning up at half nine in the morning and going, "Oh, sorry, mate, I'm like, fucking hell, I work, I drank a bit too much last night. I won't be there to play." It probably is that, isn't it? You're basically oh, fucking hell, the... Ken. Seriously, you're the adult. In... Oh, sorry, I got. I spent too long in the spa last night, and I. <laughs> I'm a bit dehydrated today as a result. When you're going to have to go in a hooker. Oh, much. for fuck's sake, don't fucking have a go at me. <laughs> Ken's fucking just phoned. <laughs> into it. Absolutely. Absolutely into Maybe it. that is just what it... Yeah, he's the basically the sick note guy. Um, and the final bit of news from my point of view, which is probably the mm. greatest news I've ever received in, yeah. in, in the whole of my life, is that everybody hates James Haskell now. Everybody <sighs> does. I don't even know why. I just don't know. I, I haven't I watched I it. I just know that they all do. <laughs> so. It was, I, I clicked, I, I went on the internet, and the first thing, oh, I saw the internet, Twitter, the only thing on the internet that I bother going on most of the time. <laughs> and I just saw James Haskell. I thought, oh, fuck me, here we go. There'll be and some heroic I, tale about how he's done yeah, something wonderful. I was just like, okay, I'll click at it. And the first thing was someone calling him a cunt. <laughs> and I, I mean, this is great. This has gone extremely well. So and my greatest yeah, you know, fear that everyone would think he was all right. I knew it. I knew I could trust the British public, at least exactly. in one thing. There's one thing I could trust the great British public in. <laughs> it's like his facade lasted, whatever it is, a week, two weeks. You yeah. know, it's like, and then all of a sudden, just, it breaks. Don't it's even know what break. he's done, but I do know that everybody hates him now, and I've never been happier. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically done the exact opposite of what he hoped yes. it would do for his profile in that he's made everybody think he's a total well, given, twat. And given that everything that he's trying to make money on has got his name smashed all over it, it's a high-risk mm. strategy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, best of the anyway. James. You can pull it back. I bet you can't. <laughs> Narrator, he did not hope that he could pull it back. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Anything for to talk about a weekend now or what? Talk yeah. we're gonna do now. You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due. You're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay, or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. 
For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Um, is it just me, right? Or is this the most, like, meh, uninspiring season of rugby ever? Like, what's going on off the pitch all across the rugby world is 100% more interesting than anything that's happening on it. And everybody just feels like they're just sort of trapped in this post-Rugby World Cup malaise where, you know, there's just a sense of, like, phony war across all of the domestic leagues. Like, so many teams are under strength or they're still integrating players back into their squads. It just... It feels like fucking pre-season. And I, I honestly feel like nobody cares. And I feel bad about that because there's been some really fucking great matches and the tables look weird in the Premiership and it's just like... Well, the upside-down but... Premiership is fucking magnificent. Stranger Things 4 is this Premiership, yeah. basically. <laughs> and yet, I just find myself going, eh, whatever. It just doesn't move me. This this whole season has just totally just... I, I mean, to be fair, there fuck. is quite a large black cloud hanging over your your season every week, though, isn't there? Yeah, I just think, I don't know, maybe it is an Os- the Ospreys fan in me being just in... But like, I just feel like nobody really is that bothered about what's going on yet. I feel like this, everyone's still waiting for the moment where the season starts, you know? Because everything's so bitty. And we've had, like, oh, a couple of weeks of Premiership, a couple of weeks of Pro 14. Oh, oh, now it's... Not all the players here. are here. Oh. Oh, no, the players are back again now. Oh, they've got... Saracen's dock points and they knock dock points. It's all, yeah. Yeah, it's it's all back and forth and up and down. And I just... uh, I just... I'm waiting for it to happen, really. Maybe after this European Mm. double-headers over, we can actually actually get back into a proper stretch where players are actually playing for the teams they're supposed to be fucking playing for. It feels like the rugby is back. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've not really got that. Even in you, I thought Europe would do it, but the first European weekends were just kind of like, well, yeah, that broadly went as I expected it to. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel yeah. In France, feel like the, the French teams don't really feel like they seem to give a shit yet. Oh, massively not they? at all. You know, so yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not quite as uh, fed up with it as you are. I don't think, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. It does. It does feel a little bit like we're still waiting to go. Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to start. I'm waiting for it to grab me. And it, it feels just like has... there's an half-decent support act on, and they're all right. Yes. But you're yeah, really yeah. waiting for the big the big band to come on, aren't you? 100%. Yeah, what else have we got for the weekend? Well, um, that said... That said. Yeah. Go. A big team is going to get relegated this year. Woof, they're uh, going to get relegated. But, but I don't think it's going to be Saracens, despite the 20-odd point deduction. Well, little uh, Leicester, man. Leicester, Leicester, Leicester. What's you see, Bath and Leicester, man? It's all looking pretty fucking bleak. See, I think that Leicester going to have to look to Lavanini to sort this, right? Because, yeah, because, right, you can't be relegated, Leicester will say, if all of your opponents are dead. <laughs> and I think that's where Lavanini comes in, because that's why they've signed him. We yeah. can't go down if everyone else is dead. 
Also, you can't relegate us if all of our players are in prison. <laughs> yes. We're going to drive a forfeit one way or the other, basically. Uh, I tell you what, though. I but to be honest, big... that looks like a better fucking strategy than any of the rugby they're attempting to play right now. Leicester are the only team that are even close to running the Ospreys for most dysfunctional team at the moment. Like Leicester seem like an absolute mess. They're not Ospreys level mess yet, but they are an unbelievable mess. They're just shit. I can't believe how shit they are. The players that they signed this season, they've got no excuse for being this shit. At least the Ospreys have excuses for being that as this much of a clusterfuck. Whereas Yeah, you've got honestly thirty two players injured. You nearly didn't exist last year. Yeah. And you've got um, and, and you and you, you've got a coach who runs on a fucking nine volt battery by a lot of things. Yeah. So and a chief executive whose main experience before getting that job was running a pub in Neath. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> and people call the Pro 14 a Mickey Mouse thing. I can't believe that. <laughs> I actually it's, don't believe that it is, but it makes you realise why it's difficult. It absolutely does. And like, honestly, they should be when you, any te- any team that can afford to have Thomas Lavanini in it, both from a, a, a dangerous money point of view and a, a, a genuine, you know, a paying for a player of that quality. Can we just run through this team that they fucking played, by the way, on Saturday? They put This is the team they put. George Worth, who actually looked fair play to him, poor bugger, like he was doing his best at fullback. He was. He Johnny May, was. Manu Tuolangi, Yako Torte, Jonah Holmes. Hey, fucking hell, stop there. Just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> and a midfield of Yako Torte and fucking Manu Tuolagi and somehow oh anyway carry on George Ford Ben Youngs Ellis Genge Tom Youngs Dan Cole Lavanini Callum Green Harry Wells Guy Thompson Sione Calabafoni I mean honest to god it's it's meant like that team is fucking really good <laughs> On paper. <laughs> Analysis, it's, yes. That team yeah. is really good. That's the end well, of I it, mean, yeah. You know, three of those players, four of those players, in fact, five of those players were involved in the Rugby World Cup final, like yeah, a, a month ago or whatever. It was three weeks ago. These returning England players will sort it, lads. It's not sorted it. It's not, it's not sorting it, lads. What's happening here? You know, it's... It's staggering how bad they are. Talent got like wasps. You can sort of wasps are, bas- are basically like, you know, like this. They're like when you go to next after one of those like you know when they have those r- stupid sales on Boxing Day when yeah. they open at like five in the yeah. morning. It's like walk- wasps are basically like walking into next at like quarter to five on Boxing Day. Yeah. There's nothing left. They've only got size 42 waist pants left. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like everything's go- everything that's good is gone and everything that's left is either broken or shit. <laughs> or extra, uh, extra small. <laughs> or extra, extra small, indeed. Um, and, uh, and there's nothing, you know, there's absolutely nothing Dar Young can do about that. You know, he is basically sat You can't there expect him to wear extra, extra small. Come on. <laughs> Fuck no. Come on. Have you seen him? <laughs> but... You know, his squad is bad now. It's like, yeah, okay, they've got fucking 
Feketoa and Sopoaga and and our Lord I mean, and Saviour Matteo Minotzi. Matteo Minotzi. They've signed good players, but you still look at that squad and you go, "There's a lot of very meh players there." Yeah, and or meh and young. Yeah, or both. Yeah. Um, although I must say I am a, a very big fan of Die rebranding the incredibly tedious concept that is the red zone, um, which of course was nicked from the NFL. Yes. Um, he described it as the green zone. Brilliant. <laughs> which isn't that in Baghdad? Yeah, wasn't that a place that, that was full of uh, bombs? Yeah, well, it's kind it's of true for them, isn't it? Really, it's a film with Matt Damon. Um, but yeah, he's just me. He claimed that his, yeah, he claimed that uh, wasps weren't good enough in the green zone on uh, against Exeter on the weekend, which I mean is true. I don't know what As the in, green zone. I think I think he means the pitch. The green zone <laughs> is the pitch. Yeah, the green zone is the the green thing out there. When we were That's in the brown zone, the con- the grey yeah. zone, the concrete round the pitch, we looked fucking great. As soon as yeah. we got on the green zone, terrible. When we were on, when we, were on the bus, we were feeling really positive. But so, so next week, right? We're thinking about painting the grass grey. See if that makes any difference. Turn it all into the grey zone. <laughs> I mean, I, it doesn't make any sense, but that's why I love it. But. Um, <laughs> Honestly, like Wasps, Bath and Leinster, how are they this bad? <laughs> Genuine quest. Like, Leinster and Bath, is just who coaches Bath, right? I'm sorry, right. Who is coaching Bath? Because I am fucking mystified as to who exactly is coaching them. Well, it does. It puts. But, uh, Stuart Hooper's the... in charge. Z. Is he coaching? I don't, I don't know. Yes, apparently. But that's the. I mean. <laughs> It kind of puts the whole Todd Blackadder wasn't getting enough out of this squad fucking argument into sharp relief, doesn't it? Jesus. It's like that guy's walked out the door and the wheels have just... I mean, the wheels haven't fallen off. They've just basically caught fire and then imploded. It's... Yeah. It's just... I mean, again, again, you know, that Bath squad is not as good as the Leicester squad. Comfortably not as good, you know. In terms of internationals that they've got access to, in terms of quality foreign imports, you've got to look at Bath and go, to be fair, you know, Talupe Falatau aside, they haven't exactly broke the bank on big-name fucking signings from the Southern Hemisphere or anything like that. You know, they've they've got... I mean, no, they've, really. spent... they've signed Jamie Roberts. Yeah, and Ali Brew. <laughs> <laughs> Will Chudley. All decent enough. All decent enough. You know, you look at that Bath squad and you go, oh, yeah, no, that does make... I can understand why Bath are sort of slumming it in the lower reaches. When you look at that squad and you go, yeah, they really haven't got a lot of fucking quality there, to be honest. Who's the best player they've got? Francois Lowe, probably. Yeah. Or or Faletau when he's fit. Faletau when he's fit. <clears throat> they've got they've got a really good back. Watson they've when he's two... playing. Watson when he's playing. The problem is they've got, I would say, five good back rowers, which is too many. Oh, Sam Ender's there as well, of course, isn't he? Sam Ender's there. Zach Moose is there. Francois Lowe's there. Talupe Falato's there. Mike yeah. Williams is quite good as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then they haven't got any decent front rowers, really. Or any really decent locks anymore. Charlie Ewells is all right. 
Elliot Stoop looks like he might be all right. Matt Garvey used to be all right. Yeah, it's solid like, enough. It's all very solid. Tom Homer, at fullback. Compare, it's all very solid. It's all very solid, but it's, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a hell of a lot of six and a half out of ten players in that bass squad. Yes. And there's not a lot of eights and nines. You know, Anthony Watson... And then when you layer onto that the performances they're putting in, you knock another two points off everything across the board. Absolutely. So, well, yeah, and you, you put just straight up not very good coaching, which appears to be what's happening. But it can't be true, because Stuart Hooper is the greatest human being that England has ever produced, <laughs> according to reports. I'm sure he's a nice lad, but they put a lot of they've put a lot of faith in him, haven't they? Therein lies the fucking rub, though, isn't it? They, I think they they were lulled into the fact that he's really a nice bloke, and a good bloke, and speaks well. I probably talked good and strategy and all that. There's, not, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. You're going to do a bit of that, but yeah, maybe the reality that's, is that, uh, does, that does not a good coach make. No, no plan survives contact and all that, and they they seem to be Indeed. struggling. But yeah, so it's the Premiership is silly this year. And fair play, can we talk a little bit about how Northampton are fucking brilliant now? Oh, oh yes. Oh, I mean, all like it's almost like Chris Boyd has finally it's all kind of clicked, hasn't it? And they're just like porno rugby fun now. After everywhere. a long time, I've been probably going, no, no, lads, no, listen, that's not what I asked you to do. Seriously, <laughs> I know it's hard, lads. I know it's really hard what I'm asking you to do. But on, please, Dan, but on, Dan, trust me, trust okay, me, Dan. Dan, I, I, I know. Can you just just try not kicking it and running after it just one time and see what happens? So we went on last um, week, we but bigger was excellent the the week we missed. He was very he was very good in the week we missed, and then um, he didn't play this weekend. But again, they they just seem to they've got depth now of players that can actually do the business and. Yeah, I mean, you look at that Saints squad and you just think, well, yeah, there's this quality there. Mm. You know, they've got, you know, Kilbert Reinach is a very fucking great, a very, very, very good player and a very exciting player. They've got, but, you know, they're not a team that's studded yeah. with global stars. And Ivor was fucking amazing and they've got, the weekend as well. Yeah, See, I think a lot, there's a lot to be said for this fucking Rory Hutchinson, I'm telling you. He's got to be Honestly, in, he'll be in the Scotland squad soon. Very, very, very good. And I think there's something about Boyd, isn't um, there? There's something about Boyd. He looks at and players you know, and goes, you're my kind of player. You're my kind of player and I'm sticking mm. with you. I think that's what Boyd kind of does. And I think this is why it's taken him a while because he's had to evaluate the squad and go, I can work with you, I can't work with you. And then we'll build it yes. around this, you know. And there has been a certain level of kind of and not so much, uh, you know, they, they got rid of a lot of players at the end of last season, you know, and this season they, you know, Luther Burrell, um, Jamal Ford Robinson, Haskell, uh, Heinrich Brousseau, Dylan Hartley, Ken PC, you know, a lot of that players that have kind of been stalwarts of Northampton for quite some time have gone. And the players that he's brought in, to be fair to him, have mainly been players from the academy who've been kind of, you know, obviously they signed Matt Proctor, who's, a, yeah. you know, who's going to be a fucking brilliant fucking player. Fucking dynamite, Premiership. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievably good. Um, and they signed Owen Franks as well. But, like, a lot of the players that they signed have been, you know, the academy boys that he's been working on for the last couple of years. Yeah. And they've got to the point where, 
you know, he's obviously happy enough with them. And it was the same with Pat Lamb. You know, Pat Lamb's been at Bristol for three years now. And the, the academy boys that Bristol have brought through this year, totally unheralded, you know, players like Johan Lloyd, players like Callum Sheedy last season, you know, they are, after a couple of years of being schooled into what to do by very, very good Southern Hemisphere coaches, all of a sudden they're turning up and they're playing super rugby. And fucking rock on, as far as I'm concerned. It's Excellent brilliant. stuff. Speaking of Northampton or ex-Northampton players, this weekend, Stephen Myler is still doing Stephen Myler things mm-hmm. at London Irish. Mainly, Stephen Myler things are, of course, looking like a peripheral Game of Thrones villain. Absolutely, yeah. And being sort of teeth-numbingly competent. Yeah, I mean, he's basically... Stephen Myler is basically... Hit, Stephen Myler's haircut is Stephen Myler, isn't he? <laughs> you know, yes. absolutely <laughs> zero nonsense. But you know, entirely effective at what he's trying to Does do. Does the job? Yeah, no more, you know, no if, less. If anyone on Bristol's side of the coin had had, had one tenth of his goal kicking ability, one tenth of his hair's solidity, then we'd be all right. Bristol would be very good from the tee this season, but they absolutely shat the bed, and that's why they drew. Um, which I won, you know. It's not looking like they're going to regret drawing at home to London Irish and getting a bonus, you know, get taking three points out of the game because they got a bonus point as well. But you know, maybe they will. Who's to say? Well, this season is bonkers, so who knows? Anything could happen. Tough weekend to be Welsh from a well, club I mean, rugby it's... point of view. Saracens got sorry, Saracens. Scarlets got battered. Everyone got battered, Apart from mate, Cardiff. except for yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's he won so, away at Benetton, which is a fucking good result these days. Fair play. It is. Me. You know, they very nearly lost away at Benetton, and they needed a last gap try. And fair play. But like, the WIU is determined to make life hard for the regions. Still, you know, nobody cares, of course. But you know, three of the four regions lost at the weekend. One of them needed a last gap try to win against uh, Benetton. But it's so inevitable. Everybody knew that. Most, if not all, of the of the regions were going to lose this weekend because all of their good players were with Wales. Here's a question because for the... you. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Why did they play that Barbars game? Money. Cash. Money, right? Yeah. Fine. Understand that. You need money. Would they have... There were 62,000 people at that game on yep. Saturday, give or take. There were 62,000 people at Judgment Day when we went in April. Yep. So you could have had all of those players playing for their clubs all in one day in the stadium with the same attendance without having to, without having to pay the bar bars for all their, whatever they cost, yep. and probably still have made the same amount of money. Yeah, but then you know, they would have had to given it all to the regions instead of being able to decide which tiny sliver of the cash of the money that they made that I'm not day. I'm saying we should do that every autumn, but there's something to be said about given post-World Cup nightmare and all that kind of stuff, it would have needed a little bit. That that would have seemed like a reasonable... Because they're always saying, we've got to do this because of the money. Fact, well, yeah. Judgment Day looks like it made the same amount of money. Probably and probably people probably drank more on Judgment Day. So Yeah, and Wales tickets probably cost more as well, but, you know, I'm not still. sure for this, to, for this game. Yeah, maybe not. Even, ticket, like... It must be. must be about that. I I know, I know, I know that, it, but... I, I know that I could have got free hospitality because a person that I know who knows somebody that has a box couldn't find enough people to even quarter fill his box for that <laughs> Barbarians game because nobody could be fucking bothered. And 
Yeah, I mean, like the Pro 14 doesn't matter to the WIU really. They don't care. The region's success doesn't matter to the WIU until they're using it as a stick to beat them with and tell them why they don't deserve any money. You know, it's just, it's broken. The whole fucking thing is broken. On the plus side, Wales played quite well against an incredibly inferior opposition. So, you know, happy days, everybody. Yeah, um, I just think it was, um, yeah. Turns out Sean Edwards is quite good at, at defence stuff. And Byron Hayward is not. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Anything but, else on uh, the weekend yeah. for you? Um, well, a couple of things. Ulster. Don't say it. They're kind of legit, guys. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Every I'm... Ulster fan now is is something inside him just falling on its side. I, I said you're kind of legit. I didn't say you had the best bat line in Europe. <laughs> um but honestly, you know, they, they look like they are the package this season. Whether they're going up against Munster and Leinster level package yet, I don't know. But their forwards look very good. Dwayne Peel is doing a good job with the backs somehow. Um, and the word goes Billy forth Burns from here that Ulster are now known as the package, by the way. That <laughs> needs to become a thing. Ulster rugby, the full package. No, not even that, just the package. Just the, just the package. <laughs> Stand up uh, for the package. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Do we want to... I mean, we've been on for like 40 minutes now, or whatever, but um, do we want to talk about what's going on with the Ospreys at the moment? I feel like people... Well, are... you might as well. I'll join well, in. Should... I'll join in with laughs and the occasional piss take, probably, but go on. Yeah, I mean... The Ospreys are, and I'm not saying this lightly, they are the most amateur and embarrassing professional, maybe professional sports team, not just rugby team, on the planet. They are a fucking disgrace. Who's, who uh, was the fella in the press conference who looked like the PE teacher from Grange Hill? Uh, Millwood. The bald one with the big beard. Millwood, yeah. That's Millwood, is used, it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Used to run a pub. <laughs> He looks exactly like he would as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, an, an incompetent man, as evidenced by the fact that he took over a team that was winning the Pro 14 and they now can't even sack a coach properly without doing something wrong so badly that that coach then manages to get the lawyers in for some constructive dismissal fun. Um, so That press conference was something else, wasn't it? It's just... The whole thing from the well, start. Well, I thought right? of you lot asking questions about whether or not yeah. we actually have a coach, <laughs> and an it's event really that was about that. you could have just, you could like that was probably the moment where I I wondered whether I can still bother with the Ospreys <laughs> while this like that moment just made me think you lot are a bunch of fucking shit houses, <laughs> and I don't want to do anything that keeps you basically ruining a fucking sports team because what they did last week right they sacked alan clark on monday but they seem to have told people outside of the camp and bbc wales before they told him which is i mean that's not the best way to do it it's not on it really? before... yeah. no um I've heard some pretty fucking gnarly things about how it was that Alan Clark found out, and it's fucking appalling. So then on Wednesday, 
they send they there's a the pro for some sort of pro 14 event at the cardiff city stadium so coat you know with their their coach that they have not schrodinger's fucking coach that they have neither <laughs> fucking sacked or not sacked um so instead they send poor fucking richie Pugh, who i don't even know he is so I don't know what he does. So low down in the hierarchy that you've got no idea. What well, he, he does. was he was Wales' sevens coaching staff. Uh, oh, he's the contact skills coach. And they so they sent Richie Pugh because they had to send a coach and a player. So they sent Richie Pugh, who's the skills coach, and James Hook, basically into the firing line, where they hadn't officially announced. The news had broken 24 hours previously that they'd sacked the coach. They then send somebody so junior he might as well be making the fucking tea and one of the most distinguished and talented players the region has ever had. And one of the, um, and they basically throw them to the lion's den and say, go on, boys, go and do this Pro 14 event for us. I'm sure nobody will ask you an awkward question. And that interview with Tal Setley and James Hook like, made me fucking angry. Because James Hook shouldn't be sitting there with fucking 60, 70 caps for Wales, represented the Lions, played fucking hundreds of times for the Ospreys as one of the region's leading point scorers ever. And he has to sit there like a cunt, let's be honest, in front of journalists who are just asking perfectly reasonable questions like, has your coach been sacked? And he has to sit there in a chair. Do you think like they honestly thought prick. that if no, we they... send these two, then the journalists might not ask? Do you no, think they're so they're so amateurish that that's what they actually thought? It's, well, I think it's either that or they just went, ah, fuck it, let him answer the tough I mean, question. I mean, any re- whichever way it ended any, up, it's fucking anywhere ridiculous. Anywhere on that scale, yeah. it's <laughs> yes. fucking absurd. Yes. So they had Talcelli, a man who's barely done a press conference in his life, the poor fucker, and sitting there basically. Sorry, Richie Pugh, just like I always used to get them mixed up when they played together. It was weird. Um, yeah. You know, he's basically had to sit there and just be like, oh, we've been told to say no comment. There's nothing to say. I don't know any more than you. No, it was so awkward and so horrible and so unfair that they just put those two players, you know, a hugely respected fucking senior player and a rookie coach in that position instead of fucking Millwood or somebody else who's actually involved in there going down and actually fronting up to the fucking media. Well, that media. was a journalist's fault, Josh. Don't you know that? He's, he's <laughs> made that to, quite clear. <laughs> to have the temerity to fucking blame the journalists for asking the questions is just... It's honestly the entire... Ra- this, Rob Davis says that they're going to have a fucking root and branch fucking overhaul and review of the entire rugby structure. The first thing they should do is fucking sack everyone that's currently involved. I'm talking about fucking <laughs> Millwood... Scorched earth job. Jamie Reese. Well, they're all just... It's jobs for the boys shit over there, and it's been the case for years. And it's finally come home to roost that their colossal mismanagement can no longer sort of be outweighed by the talent of the players underneath them. And, yeah, you know, they can't sack a coach properly. They have a commercial team that are so bad that the Ospreys' main sponsor this year is a company that's owned by one of the several members of the board because they couldn't find a fucking main sponsor. So they're basically paying themselves for the sponsorship this year. They're losing money every time they play at the Liberty Stadium because 
it costs them like 17 grand or something. So they're going to move to the Knoll next year because they've got nowhere else to go. It's an absolute... And they can't even spell their own players' names right in their press releases because they sacked the decent fucking press officers last year because they had opinions. It's... <laughs> it's. I'm sorry to it, laugh. Um, it's an incredulous it's laugh. Co- it? It's it's absurd. It's it's funny how bad they are at everything. Like I I even before all this broke, I just every time they released a press release, I just couldn't help but just be appalled at both the spelling and just the wrong thinking of everything. And it's just it just gets worse and worse every week and. The Ospreys, if Rob Davis wants to keep pumping money into the Ospreys to keep him afloat, fair play to him. But if I was him, I'd just take... He came in after the whole fucking merger fiasco last year. And I think he thought, I'll pump a couple of million quid in for a couple of years until this fucking British and Irish League, which he just leaked straight off the fucking bat, by the way. (laughs) I'm pretty sure nobody told him to do that. Um, until the British and Irish and League thing happens, and I'll pump, pump a couple of million quid in to get us back to the point where we're decent, and it'll be fine. And what's happened is Rob Davis has walked in there and gone, oh, fuck. This isn't throw a couple of million quid at it. This is this entire fucking region needs to be root and branch fucking torn up and started again. And I don't see any fucking solution to it beyond fucking, as you say, scorched earth. Burn the whole fucking thing down and leave nothing but fucking black blood or whatever the shit that's some nonsense. People, some people master this. Bruce just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. And all of that. <laughs> right then. Yeah. Uh, I, Do you need a I'd minute? i the Liberty burn. So, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, on the flip side, Edinburgh, right? Yeah. The, the post-pad shifting antics. A lot of criticism for that. I loved that. I thought that was the. I thought that was entirely right. Just why isn't it allowed? Uh, safety, I'm guessing. Yeah, but the reason that they have pads on posts, right, is for player safety, right? Yeah. But how is a player going to injure themselves if the ball is basically moving six inches forward? You know, it's basically to stop players running into posts and injuring themselves. Surely that's why a post pad is there. Mm. But what a post-pad does is create a huge advantage for an attacking team because they've got a fucking foot square of fucking foam that they could just put the ball against and score. So what they do is basically removing that and saying, you know what, the only thing, you've, you've actually now got a clearer path to the line, but we actually have the ability to stop you. I, I do I'm think that eight very large men falling on top of you while you're leaning against a kind of narrow nah. piece of metal might do nah. some harm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. That's all you're offering, is it? Nah. <laughs> I think I think it's in the spirit of the law to throw that post pad away because ultimately it is an encumbrance to the defence. Uh, I, I kind of laughed when I first saw it, but it was a bit like, oh, hang on a minute. You just can't remove safety equipment in any in any <laughs> other place of work, really. You can't do it. So I don't think you should be able to do it in this in this scenario. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's entirely acceptable shit out of my bench. But um, <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's yeah, I just well yeah. I don't think you tend to intend to injure anybody to that point no, of view. Of but the not. ref should have gone, look, <clears throat> right, put it fucking down and rather a penalty. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean as we discussed, you know, about five minutes ago, uh, I just want to see the world burn now. So <laughs> um 
Should we do shit good? Speaking of a uh... yes, yeah, you should. David Pritchard, before we start this, David Pritchard gets in touch and says, "Can we get some sense of whether we are dropping in on Faf after he'd scored falls on the shit houseometer? It's a straight up cunt trick, by the way." Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Doesn't matter straight anyone. away. Any context, if you are fucking cheap shotting somebody after they score a try, cunt trick. Yeah, end of. Yeah, no, just no discussion at all. Thank you. What else? So, should we do shit first? Uh, yes. Have you got any shit? Or are we going to go the straight to the lovely thing? <laughs> <laughs> Friend honest, of the pod, Jamie dog... Phillips, long-suffering Dragons fan, who's not suffering quite as much this season, did say, yeah, it was crap, but he's still not that worried. It's still a decent start to the season as far as he's concerned. Well, to, be, to be honest, it's a nice change as an Osprey fan to somebody else <laughs> to deal with the shit of every good player in your fucking team gets ripped away at a moment's notice to serve Wales and then you have to fucking cobble together a team to play somebody like Zebra at home and you get battered because all of your good players are currently fucking playing in a pointless game in the Millennium Stadium. Yeah, so uh, from that point of view, enjoy that, Dragons fan. Your golden generation that's coming through will be useful for you for roughly 15 games a season. Enjoy it. Or they'll be injured. Or they'll be injured. Or both. Dave James gets in touch and he says, it's been a long time since I've participated in this, but I can't believe how utterly shit the Ospreys are. Not even just on the pitch, the whole institution is utterly fucked. Cue Josh Rant. Well, we've already done it. So if you want to listen to it again, you can go back, Dave. But um, (laughs) Ian Alexander says, shit, I mean, Josh Gardner will substantially cover the Ospreys. Yes, he, he already has. He said, but that press conference they held, Poor Lydiot's face throughout it, but also that fucking weird video Millward released via the club. Oh yeah, he did. He went full Pravda beforehand, didn't he? Just to fucking rub it in. <laughs> Once this... again, the Ukrainian <laughs> wheat harvest has broken all records. <laughs> For benefit of glorious Mother Australia. <laughs> oh. Why would you give us any answers? Because sometimes the people must be protected from jeopardising the fruits of their own labour. Uh, what have we got? Okay, John Burton gets in touch. How have Leicester Tigers managed to make some of the best players in England so unbelievably fucking terrible? If only yes. we'd been relegated last year, we'd have to we'd have to endure this again. Yes. Yeah. Marty gets in touch. He says, people who preface a statement with, well, I was at the game, as if that gives them an infinitely better negative, positive viewpoint and corresponding judgment over the bazillion BT camera angles that I'm watching on my TV. Full stop. Fucking do one. Marty, I don't think we've heard from you before, but I can see why you listen to us. (laughs) You're fucking one of us, mate. That is a wonderful, fucking wonderful rant. Thank you very much. Uh, Being at the game does help uh, sometimes because you do actually see the shape more and you can see the gaps more. That is true. Sometimes, yeah. But you can't see the fucking close-up stuff. Forget that. You've got no, no idea. If, you, if you're talking about anything that's going on in terms of individual player performance or, yeah, as you say, it's sort of overview stuff, yeah, maybe, because you can look you at can stuff. You can see some off-the-ball work rate a bit more if you can see <laughs> yeah. the whole pitch. That That helps. Well, generally speaking, I'm with you, Marty. But even if I wasn't with you, the rant is so beautiful that I, I want to come on your side anyway. So Yeah. Um, shit for me. Yeah. Uh, ex-players whinging about eligibility rules. 
honestly... And we missed this because we should have been on this last week, but obviously we missed it. Today as well. Is it? Who is it now? Adrian fucking Hadley banging on about how Johnny McNichol doesn't deserve to play for Wales because he's not really Welsh. Just fuck off. The pair, like, whether it's the Halaholo shit, whether it's the, like, it's none of your fucking business. It's the fucking rules. Like, stop making it about, if you don't like the rules, say you don't like the rules. Don't use fucking Johnny McNichol or Willis Halahola or Gareth Anscombe or fucking whoever, Bundyaki, to fucking... I am... Um, not fair. Like, I, I, I got into a, a discussion with the Egg Chasers account on this one last week. Um, it was actually, which is all very civil. We, we didn't, we agreed on some bits, not on others. And it's a remarkable thing for the internet, but we did kind of, you know. <laughs> but I do, I, I, there is far too much blood and soil type language that emerges. Oh, yeah. When these things start being discussed, don't they? Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not suggesting that people think that, but it's 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 worrying language. It doesn't really apply anywhere else apart from sport, which is really odd. Well, where it does apply somewhere else is with fucking people who are unhinged. Yes. But when yeah. it comes to sport, quite no, relatively normal people start using very, very... Language they would never use elsewhere. It's yeah. really odd. Language language of ethnocentrism that is kind of... Blatant, weird, blood and soil nationalism, basically. Yeah, it's it's not very nice. And who cares? Because it's fucking a kid's game. <laughs> and people say, well, I just, you know, surely they'd rather play for X team. I said, well, maybe they would have done 10 years ago and now they don't. Because yeah. they've lived here for a period of time. That's fine, like, well, isn't it? Willis it Halaholo's got two kids yeah. that were born in Wales. Johnny Why Nichols is it bullshit that somebody can live somewhere for three years and then want to play for the team? Then some people say, isn't that what club rugby's for? You can travel abroad. and Well, yeah, but what, who are you to dictate how somebody feels about anything? And, it's the, and it's it does reek of this. You have to demonstrate how much you love my country before you're allowed to be part of it. You know, it's... yeah. It it's, really it's, is quite worrying. It's the thing that sort of Gat, weirdly Gatland said when he was interviewed before the game where he was like saying what advice he'd give to Johnny McNichol and he was like, oh, make sure you learn the anthem properly because people notice that. And it's like, what does it fucking matter? You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I like I like it when players make an effort, you know, particularly given that it's Welsh. For a yes. Welsh, you know, I like that players make an effort to learn to sing the national anthem because I think it's a, it's a nice gesture on their part. But, like, I don't give a fuck if they sing it or not. Like, if they, they're committed to Wales enough to want to fucking pull on the national jersey, then fair play to them. Like, I just... As you hmm. say, it's, it brings out a sort of a, a language and a train of thought that would be entirely unacceptable in any other fucking... If you apply it to any other kind of nationality and national identity thing. Yeah. You know. I mean, some people consistently have that view and that's their view. That's fine. But it's people, yeah, who wouldn't normally use it about working here or living here and marrying somebody well, no. here. I mean, how many times do you hear people sort of desperately unfunny people sort of make jokes about sort of, oh, that doesn't sound like a very ex-nationality name. You know, Falato, where in the Wales is that from? <laughs> Fuck off, you absolute cunts. But, like, that's it's you wouldn't say that about somebody who was just fucking, you know, a doctor no. or was, you know, was working in a, in a call center or something. You know, it's yeah. why is it acceptable for 
Oh, it's just, I, it's, I find it so fucking reductive. And it and more than anything, more off. than anything, it's a fucking terrible joke. Sort yourselves out. An awful joke. Incredibly <laughs> bad joke. Yeah, so there you go. Do better. Shit. Yeah. Mitch Evans gets in touch and he says, shit is Israel Folau trying to milk Rubio yeah. for $14 million, saying that he should have been the Wallabies captain. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you need to be very clear on this, right? Because it's a tricky thing. The will of God is a tricky thing, right, when it comes to Israel it Folau. Because it was God's will that he gets sacked. Yeah. He was clear on that. If that's what God wants. That's fine. It was then yep. God's will that he sued them. Yeah. It now seems that we didn't know this, but we've now found out that it, it was probably God's will that he was going to be made captain. Yeah. How that fits with God's will of him being sacked, I don't know, but it was God's will he was going to be made captain. <laughs> However, it was then God's will that he shouldn't play for Australia anymore because that's not going to happen. However, it is very clearly God's will. It's very important to understand this. It's very clearly God's will that he still gets the money. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, God's will is a weird is. thing, isn't it? You know, people do spend a long fucking... time. There's monks now in contemplation trying to understand God's will. And you could see why, because look how much it changes, you know? What a he fucking prick more, this guy is. Yeah, he honestly makes him more... It's really, genuinely really sad when you see what he's become. It is Westboro Baptist Church level unhinged. Yeah, he's got he's now, gone yeah. full. Yeah, and it's like he just yeah. He's, yeah it's fun. It's fundamentalism in the most ugly sense. Yeah, and and they no doubt see him as a gigantic fucking cash cow as well, don't they? That is the other thing. It's like there is a sense that. Everyone around him is thinking, oh, well, we fucked this. How can we get money out of him? Well, we can sue the ARU and claim that he's going to be Wallaby's captain and win the Rugby World Cup. And it's like, it's, it's just so... When you think about the bloke that was like on the front cover of, you know, a magazine in Australia promoting the bloody Bingham Cup five years ago. Yes. It's so... It is sad. sad. He's allowed to it have his views, of course he is, but uh, it's yeah. It's, it's but what's sad. happened to him is sad. Um, but now fuck him, he's a twat. <laughs> uh, Hugh gets in touch. He said, "Shit, is the watery hot chocolate offered at the Ames Park? The stands all frankly disappointing, considering that the food stores are booming in the city." He said, "The beer shit as well." Well, uh, so- I mean, let's be honest. Anything that isn't a brand new stadium in Wales is the Aussies went back to the Knoll on the weekend and maybe going back there permanently. Um, I dread that they're going to need to do a lot of work on the Knoll before they make that a professional level rugby ground again. But the Arms Park is basically like that and still is. Mm. Like the Arms Park has some of the worst toilets I've ever experienced in the Western world. It's, but I like that. I would, I don't want fucking craft beer and artisan food stalls in my rugby grounds. I want it to smell a piss and for to be offered nothing but John Smith's or Carling. I mean, I you must know, say that since I've stopped pub- drinking, one of the nicest things about it is that I don't have to attempt to endure the shit that comes out of the pumps <laughs> at sports grounds. I can just quite happily have a Pepsi Max or whatever. <laughs> there's loads of good... If you want to get a nice pub in Cardiff, there's loads of them. I don't care about Like, I'm happy to... Dr- I enjoy shit beer and shit food at sports grounds because for me that is part of the. Just, that's like why I enjoy standing, even though it's stupid because <laughs> sitting is infinitely more comfortable. 
you know, it's part of the magic of being a sports ground attendee, surely. I remember when they knocked down the old National Stadium and um, a lot of people were kicking off, you know, because change is bad. Mm. And um, and somebody and somebody did a job. He said, well, why are you doing this then? He said, why can't you just like redevelop? He said, because <laughs> and why can't you just leave it? And he said, look, you need to understand that this stadium has two women's <laughs> toilets in it and no disabled <laughs> toilets at all. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, well, all right, fair enough. Yeah, it's like for that level, certain cause, you know certain accommodations have to be made. But you know, I say just just keep it as spit and sawdust as you like in the. Yeah. yeah. What else have we got here then? Shit. Uh, Jay Kaczynski, Kaczynski, Kaczynski. I hope that's right. I hope you know relation to the Unabomber, Jay. Uh, he said, um, <laughs> said shit is Leicester. Seven meters made by Tuolangi. What the fuck? Seven meters. <laughs> I mean, Matt Proctor's Andy, but Christ, yeah. Tom Dare gets in touch. Leicester's line out, he says. How on earth a professional side two months into the season can have a set piece that bad? I cannot fathom. It was like watching a club third game when none of the players had met or played before. It was really bad. (laughs) It was exceptionally bad, let's be honest. But funny if you don't like Leicester. I mean, it is hilariously funny. Which a lot of people don't, to be fair. But I do like them enough this year to win more and to somehow make Saracens go down. That would be really funny. But yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? Really funny. Frank Ridgen gets in touch and said, Shit, is rumours of the new British and Irish League? I'm not a fan, plus it would kill off the Heineken Cup. Although imagine the discussions around arranging a salary cap for all all of the sides. Yeah, it's it's gathering momentum, isn't it? Something isn't... We have not seen the end of all this by some fucking distance. It's nineteen ninety-eight all over again, Josh. <laughs> let's I mean let's let's apparent according to Rob Davis, we've got two years <laughs> for uh, before the British and Irish League happens, which, you know, seems ambitious. Like how bad we have to convince Ireland promise- to do it, aren't they? Wales are a fucking afterthought in this, let's be honest. Wales well, have to go is, whichever is, way Ireland want to go. And I'm not CBC, trying to be awful, that's just the truth of it. Once CBC gets involved, Ireland are going to have to fucking get in or get the fuck out, aren't they? Mm. You know? But, and that's the... You know, it, and it will not matter. You know, a lot of fans, both English and Irish, have gone, I don't want anything to do with that. And to them I say, congratulations, you've just sold any say you had to CBC Capital. <laughs> and... <laughs> They now own whatever it is, 27% and of the And they'll also probably broker an offer you can't refuse. That's the other thing. Yeah. Even that, you know, they'll just they'll... bring you something that can't be turned down. So Yeah, they'll say we'll make you very, very, very rich or you can fuck off. And the and the only response there is to be made very, very rich. So, Well, their job is to increase income and take 30% of it. Yeah. That's what their job is. So. I talked talk to Formula One fans about how much of a say they had in the massive changes that were made to the sport entirely for TV. Yes. You know, it's <laughs> we're beyond that now. Anyway. Anyway, Oliver McGraw guys, he sort of said, shit as elf on the shelf memes. They just are. Yeah, agreed. Don't know what that is. When did they become a thing, by the way? It's why why didn't we have a fucking referendum about that? <laughs> about whether or not we could have elf on the fucking <laughs> shelf? Because we've got to sort that out. Too sweet, couldn't we? <laughs> but also, I mean, I'm, I like me and you. We're fans of of America, aren't we? Me and you. I, I I'm an Americophile, if that's a word. I don't However, know. I do I do not like this American. If I want American things, I will go to America, and I think it's wonderful. I do not like the Americanization of here. 
the biggest thing is the sad demise of the fucking two-finger hand insult. The rise yeah. of the bird at the expense of the two-finger hand insults truly, truly upsets me. 50% less digits, though, you know, efficiency. It's just, no, I'm not having it. There's some things that make also, it great to be British, and it, that's also, it. The it's, fact really, that... it's really easy to flick the Vs, right? <laughs> Nobody does that wrong, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Everyone, everyone does fucking... Everyone flips the bird wrong. It's like, some people do that, some people do that, some people do that. Like It's like, you don't know what it looks like. Nobody seems to know. Like, you knew where you were with the Vs. <laughs> exactly. We're just flicking Vs at each other. It giggle the Vs. Also, that feels more, like, serious, whereas flicking the Vs is <laughs> like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Bath Bites yeah. gets in touch, last shit of the day, and says, shit is Bath having a decent platform from the forwards and some top-class back three options only to have their half-back pairing that makes a constipated sloth look rapid and inspiring. Yes. He yeah. said, however good is at Leicester because they're making Black fans feel a little bit better. Might not last True. forever, that, though, Bath Bites. Ooh. Good. Have you got any good? Uh, Justin Tipperich. Um, or Tipperich, I should say. He... Um... I think Wayne Pivax. He would say Tipperich, though, apparently, wouldn't he? He says we uh, get it wrong. He oh, dropped he his when his fat after. I think basically after about fifteen or twenty years of nobody in Wales pronouncing it properly, they actually just now pronounce it Tipperich. Apart from because, his Croatian granddad. <laughs> apart from his Croatian granddad, probably yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Wayne Pivax more judging from the very limited evidence of the game on the weekend. Um, I think Wayne Pivak is going to get him more involved in the fun way than yes. just tackling fucking balls off way that he used to under Gatland. Like he was doing lots of nice little sort of. Do you honestly, Wales were doing a lot of of like doing that one up runner thing, but then just passing to the man outside, which never happened under mm. Gatland ever. It was you know you truck it up and then you go to the ground and you recycle. Whereas there was quite a lot of altering of the point of contact, and Tipperick is. Absolutely the best fucking like you know loose forward in the world for doing that. It's a shame we're going to get that going at exactly the right time that they won't be able to tackle anymore, isn't it? That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. We're going to have to win every game fifty forty seven. But I think you'll provide. I mean, it'll be entertaining. I think you'll find it's pronounced Pivach. <laughs> it's not. I've got no idea. Um, Tom Halley gets in touch, and well, actually, he emailed me on Saturday, and I respect this. He took a photo of telling him on me because some of the ba- somebody in the Bath crowd was holding up the Saracens' honesty value sign oh. with the badge on it right in front of them fair on Friday night, play. which is fair dues. That's fantastic work by whoever that Bath fan was. Grant Taylor gets in touch. He says, good, it's my son, Mark Taylor, age 12. Okay, so not that one then. Yeah, he said, uh, ball boy for Percy Park RFC, relentlessly shit out in the Morley hooker by giving him the muddy ball and generally winding him up at every line-out they had. He's like a sponge soaking up shithousery. Now, you see, a lot of people say you want your kid to learn how to pass and be a gentleman no. and all that. No. 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 I'm with you, Grant. This is this is, yeah. this is is what makes, you know... Life skills, Life skills. Life skills. James Reese gets in touch and says, good is Harry Thacker. Insane yes. stats, Roker. You think Leicester could do with him back, by the way? Whisper it. <laughs> Well, Pat Lamb, Pat Lamb quite pointedly was like, yeah, Harry Thacker wasn't getting a game at Leicester and we offered him a route out. 
<laughs> Lol. <laughs> <laughs> he may have had it under his breath. <laughs> yeah, great player. Genuinely fucking... I mean, thing is, Harry Thacker's looked like the fucking bollocks since I, the first time I saw him because he looked like a hooker who actually knew how to do the rough stuff but was also, you know, Shark Brits-esque dynamic. And looked a little bit like a, a black metal bassist. Absolutely he does, yeah, yeah. Um, Stu C gets in touch and said, shit, was, we said shit was Edinburgh looking poor against Munster's second. He said, but good was the top Edinburgh shit over shit hours over lifting the covers on the post. Well, we got that one. He said, mm. uh, he said, but the goodest though was the Munster Twitterati bad boys of rugby losing their fucking minds over the post. <laughs> Calling in for I... points deductions and knowing they'd fucking love it if Peter O'Mahony had done it. I mean, if nothing else this season, we have demonstrated quite conclusively that the Monsters Fraternity have absolutely no sense of humour or sense of perspective, and that in itself is a gift. Um, I tell you what I enjoyed a great deal. Did you watch any of the Barbarians Women versus Wales match on the weekend? Are we talking about the in-play line-out move? Yeah, right I am. I mean... Off a free kick, know. they set up a three, a three lady, know. a three woman line out off a free kick. I don't know why it happened, but I'm delighted it did. It's one of the strangest I've things I've ever seen. I've never seen that happen ever before because well, no, it doesn't have any useful purpose. No. Just passing the ball wouldn't have had. Because somebody said, "Oh, maybe they were just, just trying to set up a, a line out move." See, but they, they could have just tapped it and done the same move off the back. So I, I don't... know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's what. And it strikes yet, me as somebody who's thought about something too, way, way too much. Bless but it. I'm into it. I'm or into they it, just yeah. were like, More fucking oh, insanity is what I We say. haven't had time to practice any free kick moves, but we have practiced that line-out move. I mean, should we just do that? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent work, everyone. I love it. Curtis Neese gets in touch, and he says, good is James Grayson turning George Ford inside out for 80 minutes having stepped in for bigger after not even being named in the 23, a chip off the old block, because he is, if anyone doesn't know, he's Paul Grayson's son. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, magnificent performance, but again, like everything we said earlier, Boyd's obviously got an entire pool of players who play the way he wants them to play, and they're ready to go. Yeah, and uh, I just think this this is going to be a fun season for Northampton fans, however it goes. I think they're, they're building a really, really interesting sort of squad for the future with these young players coming through that look just really exciting and really fun. Sam Marsh gets in touch. He says that good is Gordy Reid saving a man from a burning building. Did you see Yes! That? He said yes! shit was the fact like the man that man ran away afterwards. Tony McNeil said the same thing. He said good was Gordy Reid saving a man from a building, building, burning building, then videoing himself while on oxygen. He's fucking out. This happened not long Gordon after Reed the Joe Marler horse gift. interview. And it was it like really a wonder- is. it was a wonderful couple of days for front rowers, wasn't it? Gordon Reid doing that, and then Joe Marler's horse interview. Joe Marler's horse interview, right? Yeah. That horse interview was... A lot of people said he sounded a bit like David Brent. I don't think he did sound that much like David Brent, actually. No, I think people just say that about British people who are being sort of deadpan. The genius of it was, the one that he kept it completely straight. And then at the very end, when they said, so will you be on a horse? He went, I don't like horses. I don't, I don't like to go on them. Like horses. Honestly, and that was, off the, that was like, fucking brilliant. It's a, proper, I think it's, it's a proper fucking bit. And that's why they, <laughs> like, genuine, properly brilliant comedy. 
Because it's not just like a lot of rugby players are funny, a lot of athletes are funny, a lot of people are funny. But that was, you know, a genuinely and you could see that he didn't intend to go there. There's a moment like, where he can see things. There's I'm a fucking moment bored where he, this. You can yeah, see the change in his face. Where yeah. he switches. Yeah, where you can tell that he's basically... It's the moment where he goes... He basically messes up the... You can lead the horse to water, <laughs> you can't make a drink. He just thinks, fuck it, I'm going with this. And he just goes, fuck it, I'm going with this. Yeah, why not? And then, you know, there's so many lovely little moments. It's an Irish horse. Is glorious. <laughs> yeah. But then it is, it is that... It's tap-esque. In its yeah, the interview going. So do you, do you will you be going on the horse, then, Joe? Horse. And he's like, no, I don't like horses. It's yeah. that that punchline and yeah. the delivery of it is so fucking good. Yeah, like I've watched it about two hundred times <laughs> every single time because and it's, it's a totally so straight face. Timing doesn't bit, smile but... or anything. Because how he didn't, at the end when he said, I don't like horses, I don't got them. How he didn't then smile. And actually, while he's delivering the whole, like, the horse does his horse does that, the camera crew are pissing themselves. Pissing themselves, And at no yeah. point does he, because I would, I'd end up just yeah. fucking laughing to myself. I'd, yeah. I'd have corpsed it. But he, not that I'd even thought to do it in the first place, by the way, but I'd have corpsed at that point if it was me. He just kept, it was just fucking brilliant. And a lot of people yeah, going, hey, it wasn't that funny. No, it fucking was. That is brilliant. Yeah. It's this sort of, it's the totally, like, it's the deadpanness of just like the matter of factness of yeah, I don't like horses. <laughs> and just the and the look and the look of total dead sit like yeah. honestly, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in terms of just like a beautifully constructed comedy sketch. Yeah. It was of, like a really know, well written scene from a mockumentary. That's why it reminds me of Brett. It was tap. It yeah. was tap best. Yeah. Or parts and wreck or something. It was like yeah. one of those brilliant yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. We missed all yeah. this last week, so we're going over it now. Yeah. So sorry about that. Uh, Barbed Quill gets in touch and says, "Good as Matt Proctor, he's only got one All Black cap and yet produced one of the definitive Premiership centre performances for Northampton Saints." Yes, he's very good, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's hot piss. Yeah. And finally, Alex McKee gets in touch and says, "Good as Marcel Curtsy and his magnificent Buffalo-like hindquarters, turning the turning the Scarlets team into a fine Welsh paste." Yeah, it was tough being a Scarlet this weekend, wasn't it? It was, and Curtsy is basically he started the season exactly like a man just missed out on winning the World Cup <laughs> because he got injured in the last warm-up oh, game. Yeah. Should play, you know. He, he is. There's a lot of pent-up anger that's going into his performances at the moment, and also are absolutely reaping it. That's us. Fucking better, I'd be. Yeah, it yeah. feels like we've been. We've had to start late, so like we finished rant- even later. So <laughs> I feel like I've been ranting for hours. You've got which it out of your system, though, Josh. You've had it out of your system. You can yeah, rest yeah. easy tonight. Yeah. Now you didn't get a, you've had it. You've got it all out. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I feel Thank like you I've... very much, everybody. We'll be back. Patrons out there. We'll be back later this week when we we have a chat with, oh, with yes. our Tony, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Take care, everybody. Indeed. Bye. Take care. Bye. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening. The COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.